Hello everyone and welcome to All About Fertility Podcast. I'm Ella and today I'm speaking with Shona who's so kindly sharing her journey with me. Now Shona, you actually don't know that you were my saving grace going through IVF. That's nice to hear. <laughs> how, how was I? <laughs> yes, only because I, at the time, I think um, I had gone through a consultation and um, we were using a sperm donor and I didn't have anyone to talk to and it was a mutual friend who I used to work with who said oh my gosh I know someone who's um had a sperm donor and she's got a child I'm sure she'll be um happy to talk to you and that's how we were introduced because I was just like chomping at the bits and I was like I don't know anybody that I can talk to face to face and I need to know things I need to know you know, how to handle questions from my child. How am I going to, you know, tell them that they are of a donor? Um, so, yeah, you were my saving grace and you gave me such amazing tips. So, and I'm really happy to have you here today. Yes, to I'm always happy to, to chat about it and I'm glad yes. that it helped. But, yeah, I was yes. the same. Like when, when I was going through it, I didn't know anyone that had done it and, and my kind of source of information was an online forum. Like I don't even think there yeah. was Facebook or Facebook didn't have all the forums, like the groups. Um, yeah. So mine was like an old school forum, you know, like really ugly interface. And um, Oh, yes. Yeah. You type so, in and you're waiting for that person to type yeah, back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so it was all on that basically. But, um, yeah, so, no, I, I'm always happy now to talk to people because I know it, it's always nicer to hear firsthand yeah. kind of. Yeah. yeah, how you absolutely? Yeah. Okay, let's start from the beginning then. Okay, so if you could introduce yourself, um, what you do, where you're from, family life. Sure. Um, so my name's Shona, as you know, yeah. and um, I live in the inner city um, in Sydney, and mm-hmm. I work in marketing and have done for like almost twenty years. Um, so I worked for a property company in in the CBD, which is good. Worked yeah. there for ten years, um, and yeah, I guess um, I've got a really close family. I've got an older brother and younger sister, um, and my mum and dad have been married over forty years. Um, so yeah, I guess I always I always grew up in the you know like a really happy home. Um, yeah. There wasn't Traditional any kind of, family. Yeah, yeah. My mum and dad are English, um, so I grew. Yeah. I was born and, and grew up in the UK until I, I moved to Australia for high school. Um, so yeah, had a very conservative. Well, they're they're English, um, <laughs> conservative, but also really open minded. Like um, for where they, you know, how they were raised, definitely. Um, but yeah, I mean, I grew up with you know the fairy tale vision of definitely falling in love and getting married and having you know mm-hmm. a marriage like mom and dad and um yeah. but my main driver always was having a baby like from when I can from when I can remember like I was the kid like when I was four like I used to pretend my sister was mine and um really yeah like anyone with, anyone with a baby I'd just follow the baby around and want to hold it and I babysat wow. as I could and yeah, I just like oh, I remember my cousin was adopted from Colombia when I was sixteen, mm-hmm. and God, I just like wished he was mine. I just spent every <laughs> weekend there. <and laughs> I just well, like, you oh, were in God. England that time, right? No, no, I was here. I was in Australia. Oh, okay, right. Sixteen, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and they were in Australia too, like my uncle um, had moved over before we had. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I just spent a, a, any waking second that I could there. Um, so, yeah, I was always very baby obsessed and but mm-hmm. I was terrible at relationships. Um, oh, I think really? like, yeah, like in my 20s I just... I think, I mean, this sounds a bit deep, but I really didn't have a good sense of self or value in myself. Like I, uh, yeah. you know, I would pick guys that kind of treated me like crap because yes, I don't know, yeah. like maybe I thought that I should be or I don't know. Yes. Like, and, and there were a few guys that were lovely that kind of showed interest and I was kind of almost scared of it. Like I just... Oh, yeah. just didn't, you know, away from it. It's like, yeah. oh, this is different. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, but you're really nice and you're going to break my vision of, you know, yeah. how, you know, how I expect a guy to treat me. I don't know. It's really awful. Like I think to myself now, like, oh, that's so, um, like why did you let yourself think that way or get treated that way? And I really didn't start thinking differently until I had kids and realised the value they had in me and yeah. that I needed you know, to look after myself and be a good role model and, you know, think higher of myself basically. Um, so, yeah, but my driver in relationships was always just to have a family. Like I wasn't yeah. even that interested in the guy, but I was always kind of oh, like, really? but if it works and I'll get to have kids. Um, yeah. So, yeah. that And then when I had that realisation after having a terrible relationship when I was 30, I suddenly realised I was only, I only hung in like I only hung in there because of the opportunity of perhaps having a child, and then had the big realisation light bulb moment one night that if that happened, that would be the father of my kids. That, yes. And the last thing I wanted to do was to give them a crappy dad, because um, yeah. I have a great dad who you know has always you know been so supportive and loving, and and I just thought I just can't have my kids in a broken home um, and, you know, with a dad that doesn't show up. And and I knew that the guys I was dating, that's how it would go. Um, so, yeah, I suddenly thought, well, I heard of a friend of a friend that had used donor um, and I didn't actually even know it was available. Like I, I just, I didn't even know single women could do it. That was the first time I'd heard of it. And as soon as I heard of it, I was 30, um, I was mm-hmm. like, I'm doing it. Like that—that that is Isn't perfect. That funny, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's was... it's almost like that light bulb, you know. As you said, mm-hmm. that um, actually, I don't even need to go through all of this, you know, bad relationships. No. Um, I can just skip all of that, and I could have my kids and bring them up mm-hmm. in a loving home with the support of my family, and know that they're going to be secure, yeah, and loved. Yeah, exactly. And I wasn't closed off to finding someone one day, but I just Mm. knew it would also take the pressure off that dating world. You know, like when you're in your 30s and you're dating, um, Mm. it's kind of, you know, you go in there, although you're trying not to, you do go in there thinking, "Hmm, could you be, you know, could you be the person? (laughs) (laughs) Could I have children with you? Trust me, I was in my late 30s when I met my husband now and I left England in my 30s, early 30s, and I didn't date anyone for six years because I felt like I had yeah, to, right. um, I had to, you know, love myself, value myself, 
get all rid of the all get rid of all the baggage that I had um you know taken on from your past relationships so I really had to you know declutter I guess and and get to know myself and so that's what I did I took so six years it was a pretty long time and in that time you know I made some amazing friends got to know myself got to love myself because I remember um, going to a conference it was a church conference and listening to um, this the speaker and he said you know if you don't love yourself how could you expect someone to love you that's so rude that was that was (laughs) (laughs) you watch RuPaul's Drag Race that's what that's what he said Everybody. Oh really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So um so yeah it and that was the light bulb moment and um that, that was in my first year that was being uh, being in Australia and so yeah I went on this whole journey um and I thought oh my gosh yeah you're absolutely right and then when I was ready to start dating yeah I found my husband. Yeah. So, yeah no I I I didn't get there in time. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, you I found get, another way. You, you yeah, yeah. <laughs> you I found know, another I way. <laughs> yeah, I must admit, like when you know, uh, well, yeah, and you were married, so I guess it's different. But I had that, I th- and I think everyone that's single, maybe that goes into it, probably has this moment at some point, and it probably lasts longer for some people and shorter for some. But you have yeah. that moment of thinking, God, I'm not going to get it. You know, like I'm not going to get the the dream or the vision I had of how this is going to go like and you kind of have to mourn it like I remember for a week I just felt really sad like that I wasn't going to have that like I wasn't going to share it I wasn't going to have the support partner or yeah um and after you signed up to the donor program or this is when I was pregnant okay right okay yeah in the first 12 weeks of pregnancy it just kind of hit me one week I just thought wow that's kind of really it like, um, but, but I, you know, after that, I, I mean, I'd always embraced it, but I did have that moment like for a week or so, which surprised me because I, I was so sure, um, I kind of didn't think I would almost have that, but I, I did, I had that kind of mourning period, I suppose, for what wouldn't be, um, and yeah, I mean, of all the things, you know, like a lot of friends always say, oh, how do you do it? And, um, you know, uh, like on your, you know, it's kind of more of a physical, yeah. how do you do it? Like I'd go nuts mm. and my husband baths them or takes them out when they're being annoying and walks them around the block or takes yeah. them to the park. But it's actually not the physical stuff. Like I think a lot of women do a lot of the, the physical stuff and the primary carer role anyway. It's more mm. of a, um, someone to bounce ideas off and chat you know, yes. look forward to having yeah. someone coming home in the evening and actually vent yeah. and chat to someone. But all, but the main thing I've realised when Ivy started walking and talking and all that was just having someone to get excited with you, like that loved her the same amount. Yeah. Um, yeah because as much as that. Oh, my gosh, yeah, yeah. Like as much as my parents love her and my sister and everyone, it's not the same mm. like when you tell them, oh, my God, she said this really funny thing today. They're going to go, yes. oh, right. you know, it's not the same as like yeah. a dad. Yeah, yeah, get it. So let's go back a step. So when you decided on, yeah, you're going to go down the route of being a solo parent, did you discuss that with your family first or did you just book in to see a consultant and then tell them? No, I decided when I was 30 and I rang my mum and dad um, and I said, um, hey, I'm thinking that I'm going to use a donor. 
to have a baby. And they immediately said, oh, I think that's a great idea. I think that's great oh, really yeah they were like we actually just want you to have kids right yeah, yeah. <laughs> we want a grandkids we want I a grandbaby kind of, I was kind of a bit offended in a sense like I was glad but I was kind of offended like oh great so you basically think there's no way I'm gonna meet somebody um <laughs> but they were kind of oh yeah look we we've we actually heard of um you know my sister's friend of a friend that you know she'd done it and we immediately thought of you and thought Shona should do that <laughs> um so yeah, so anyway, they, yeah, it's like, oh, thanks. Um, but yeah, so they were, they were all for it. And then my dad called me back within about 10 minutes and my dad's mm. very obsessed with finances. Um, yeah. and he called me back and said, look, Shona, I've been thinking about, you know, uh, your plans and everything. And I really think, you know, you need to get a budget in place and I'm going to look at, you know, your finances and let's work out how, if you do want to do this in, you know, a year yes. or two, you can afford it. Like you can actually yeah. go ahead, um, oh. which was which was awesome because I'm terrible with money. Like I love to spend it. Um, Your dad, like literally, is amazing because there's so many people out there who don't do that, who get themselves into debt before they even have that baby. So yeah. it, that's a that's an amazing thing to do. Yeah. No, it was awesome. Yeah. So by the time I went into the fertility clinic I had enough savings that I could take almost a year off yeah. mat leave oh and do the the procedures Fantastic. basically um so yeah it was awesome so I didn't have to worry because one my one thing was I really want the yeah. mat leave like I don't want to have to go back to work yeah. you know like I'd waited for her yes. for so long I was just like I really just want the time um so that was, uh, yeah, that was amazing to have. Yeah, I remember, um, yeah, Matt Eve was exciting for me. I was like, a whole year off. <laughs> but, you know, I don't realise that. Oh, no. Actually, I've got a baby that I need to look after. <laughs> all fun and games. Not all of those lunches. <laughs> exactly. I know, but it's awesome. Yeah, the first the first few weeks, though, when they just sleep and they just lie on you, oh, they're, like, my favourite. Like, then you can really, like, watch some Netflix and movies. It's when they start, yeah being a bit more demanding exactly. you need to entertain them it gets a bit more a bit more tiring but yeah so um so you had the support of your family which is fantastic and that's what you need but um what about the support of your friends yeah everyone was everyone was awesome and I I've often thought to myself I don't know whether it was because I was so sure mm. and so confident in it and I was very happy to talk about it it almost didn't kind of give them room to question it like it was never, I was never asking their opinion or their permission or um, saying, you know, what do you think? Like, do you think I should? It was just like, hey, I'm doing it, like, um, you know, and I'm really excited about it. And they were like, oh, cool, cool. Um, yeah. And I told people at work, like, you know, the marketing team would all chat on Friday night and have a drink. And I kind of said to them, hey, I'm, I'm going to use a donor. And they were like, oh, right. Mm. Um but I don't, I, yeah, I don't know if they completely believed it until I announced I was pregnant. They were all quite shocked. <laughs> <laughs> so you told, so you told HR and your boss and everyone knew at work. Yeah. Yeah. And when people would kind of see me pregnant, when I started showing the, you know, yeah. guys at work and stuff would kind of see me in the lift and they'd say, oh, so, you know, is your husband um, excited? You know, and I said, oh, no, no, I don't have a husband. I, I've used a donor. And like, oh, oh, right. <laughs> um, and they don't know what to do, right? <laughs> no, they, they're kind of like, oh, right. Like almost like feeling, you know, oh, I'm sorry. Like, sorry for asking. Yeah. Like, oh, no, it's fine. Like, 
yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, you didn't offend me by asking about my husband. Like, that's fine. I most people would, you know, assume that you had a mm. partner of some kind. So, um, mm-hmm. yeah, no, I, I wasn't, I wasn't bothered by it. Like, I've got a friend who um, has since gone through it, and she was very concerned about work knowing and anyone knowing, and um, mm. yeah, which I think is harder. Like, yeah, it was nice. Just, I don't know. I think when you're really open about it, it kind of gives everyone else permission just to relax and ask you questions and not feel awkward about it. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, it's just to educate people because without their education, um, how are people going to feel comfortable talking about it in in public Mm. and break all of those stigmas? That's what we really want to do is break those stigmas, break those taboos Mm. so people don't feel as if they have to, to hide. Yeah, and also, like, you know, as a role model to your kids like I never want them to feel ashamed or embarrassed about their story like I want them to feel empowered by you know so if anyone like a lot of you know people stop you in the supermarket especially like older ladies and go oh you're so sweet Mm -hmm. um does she look like you or your husband do you look like your daddy you you know is she daddy's girl yeah yeah and um what did you say Oh, I always just say, no, no, we don't. When she was little, I'd just say, oh, no, we don't have a dad in our family. And she'd go, no, we don't have a dad in our family. And then um, and they normally kind of leave it at that, but sometimes, oh, yeah. oh, but, you know, oh, does he, does he live away or, you know, and I'd just say, oh, no. Oh, no some people really yeah, 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 they really want to know. Yeah. I know. And I'm like, no, no, I used to donor. And, and the older lady's like, oh, what? Oh, what darling oh, I don't understand that and I was like oh no it's fine but you know like my my daughter's always like seen the fact that I just tell people so she's very confident in telling people yeah about it and which is um, fantastic yeah which is great she gets very frustrated yeah. that her friends have no idea what she's talking about and desperately want to give them a biology lesson and just say I'll oh, just leave it done oh, you'll have parents knocking at your door sending yeah. you emails well she actually came up with the strategy because I was trying to tell her like oh well maybe you can maybe you can say to them like it's like you know how you need ingredients for a cake you could say like I had one ingredient but I didn't have or there was a missing ingredient that I needed to get. And so I got that from your donor. And she looked at me like, and she, she said, Mum, no, that, that's a terrible suggestion. And she was just like, no, I just said to them, if you don't understand, go ask your mum about it. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's, that's a good one. <laughs> that's better. That's fair enough. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty good, actually. I know. I was like, Don't oh, if yeah. you don't understand, ask your mum. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, yeah, that's, that's pretty sensible. Yeah, don't try and give them a weird cake analogy. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> Those are the weird oh, analogies. Like, oh, no, oh. bacon and cake, what? I know. I was like, I was trying to simplify. It's just like, no, <laughs> that sounds so stupid. <laughs> do you know what that's a great point actually I think um I might have to use that one (laughs) yeah yeah no it works it works they just kind of go oh right okay I will so the mums I'm sure are very happy to have the question when they come home but yeah exactly it's like how do you know that word donut (laughs) yeah exactly mind you as I told you most of them think it's donut but she's got a donut donut, yes Do you want to tell that story? Because that's so funny. (laughs) Oh, no. Well, that was just year one, like when my daughter's friends started being a bit more questioning about it and they started, yeah, questioning her at the desk saying, why don't you have a dad? Like, is he dead? Or, what? you know, where is he? And and Ivy said, I've got a donor. 
like I don't have a donut. And they go, a donut? What? How does a, how's a donut your dad? And, um, like, oh. <laughs> it's like, yeah, it's like a donut. I bet they've got images like um, Mr. Potato Heads. I know, I know. <laughs> oh, oh, God. But, um, yeah, she just thinks it's, you know, they're silly. How can they not know? But, um, yeah. No, it's fine. When you um, were going through the whole process of selecting a donor, how did you decide on your donor? Um, well, I remember when I went for the initial initial consult at my fertility clinic, they gave me the current list, but they warned me that they often change. So um, not to get, you know, into any of the ones on the list because they said for sure by the time you kind of come to your procedure, it will be very different. But um, I was able to kind of... Oh, so you couldn't book them in and lock it in? Uh, not for the first consult because it was ever-changing. So I... I looked at, you know, I got a premium membership. I was, it was via Cytex, you know, in, um, in the in the US. Um, so you can get a premium mem- right. membership, plug in the donor number and kind mm. of get their photos and a letter and sometimes an audio. Interview. Photos? Um, yeah. So Adult photos? Yeah, got photos, yeah. Yeah, well, some of them, like some of the donors I put in, there was one photo of them as a baby and then some of them had like, 20 photos like there was this Italian guy who was a model and you had all these photos of him as a kid and then a lot as an adult in modelly photos um yeah so I think it just depends like they can upload as many as they want basically so it depends on yeah my donor had one baby photo one adult photo um which was really good um so I plugged in all the initial numbers just to kind of get an idea about what you know (laughs) what kind of donors they had um, and yeah, I didn't kind of think that seriously about any of them at that point, cause I knew it was going to change. And then when I went back, um, for my bloods and everything, when they started breaking, so my first procedure was IUI, which is just an interurine, interuterine insemination. Yeah. Um, so I didn't do IVF or any kind of drug protocol. I just basically went in and uh, you know, on day seven or when you ov- uh, ovulate on day 14, they started monitoring me, I think, on day eight. Um, I went in. They then gave me the current list then um, and said, you know, have a look because this is our list. Um, so I went through all of them like with a glass of wine one night and struck off all the ones that were definite no's. And I think I had like top four. Um, and when I went back, I ended up ovulating like on day 11, which was really early. So I, I literally had my first um, appointment on day eight and then within four days it was I was ready to go um, and on the day before when they called me and say you need to come in tomorrow take your trigger shot tonight and we'll do the procedure tomorrow morning and they said oh and our donor list has changed <laughs> and all your all your four that you like they're not oh my gosh. or they didn't say that because they didn't know my top four but they sent through the new list and none of my top no. four were on there. Um, so I was on the, that stress. That sounds stressful. Yeah, well, I was on the bus on the way to work on the Friday, and I knew I had my procedure Saturday morning. And I got it on email, and I started scrolling through on the bus. And I remember he was like fourth or, or he was fifth in the one that I looked at. Um, and I was like straight away, like, "Yep, that's the one I want." Because he was Spanish, and being in the UK, like we went to Spain every year, you know, for our holidays. Um, and I just associated with really good memories and. Um, he just kind of looked familiar um, and 
he just looked, he had a really nice smile and he just looked like a nice guy. And, um, and I read his profile and it was really nice. And I remember like I was tossing up, <laughs> at some point I was tossing up I think very shortly between him and the Italian model, <laughs> just because the Italian model was like really nice looking. But cool. the, Bone structure, you know, tall. Yeah, yeah. But his letter was really like, oh, you know, I want to do it to sew my to sew my oh. jeans around the world, and it was that kind of like real ego, yeah, kind of thing. egocentric. And oh. then my one, yeah, my one was kind of like, oh, you know, his sister was a doctor, and he really wanted to help someone have a family and and he wrote his letter like he addressed his letter to um um the future mother and child nice I hope you know like it was just kind of nicer and I had a brief phone call to my sister and I said oh you know there's this really good looking one and my uh, my donor I found really good looking as well like I would definitely date him yeah um so is that where you look you're like oh would I date them yeah. yeah, actually, maybe it wasn't even tossing up between the donor I had. Maybe it was in that list before mm. um, when I was trying to pick my t- my top one and I said, oh, well, it's either this guy who's this Italian guy, but he sounds like a bit of a um, <laughs> Or there's you know, another guy that I think had an allergy or something. Anyway, she was saying, she told me a really good tip. She goes, show, you've just got to pick someone that when your kid in the future reads the letter, they're going to be proud of it. Yeah, like they're gonna. He sounds. That's so good. Yeah. Yeah, and it was like it. I was like, yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I've got to pick it for them, not for me. Yeah. Like I have to, because really, in the end, it's their story, and it's Mm. their going to be their background and their um, history and all that stuff. So I've got to pick with them foremost in mind. Like, Mm. don't pick a guy just because he's good looking or he's this or that, mm. like he's really smart, like really read the letter and his intention and it. he needs to be as authentic as they can be, you know, uh, I mean from reading something on paper. But, yeah, so. And they were from the States, right? They were all from, yeah, the they States. were all from a uh, United States cl- donor clinic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah. And did you um, want someone from the States and not from Australia? Well, the only reason, there was only one or two Australian donors on the list. Um, I think there was one actually. Um, But they kind of explained with the Australian donors, you don't get photos um, Mm. and you don't get information other than their height, weight and eye colour and hair colour. That was it. Um, And the reason being is just there's that higher level of autonomy or anonymity. Oh, God, I can never say that word. Anonymity. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that. (laughs) Um, so yeah, they, you just didn't get the information. You just, and I just liked the fact that with Zytex, I got a pack and mine even had a personality test in a full comprehensive kind of disc kind of thing. Um, and yeah, like a letter from him, his medical history and family's medical history and his, you know, uh, performance at school and what he was doing at uni and, um, all that stuff. So I kind of just wanted more information and I think for you know I wanted my kid to I've read so much about how kids from donors feel and how they go as adults and how they feel about it and there was a lot of um when they were anonymous there was a lot of issues emotional issues with kids because they had no way I guess it's like a kid that's adopted that has no way of knowing their story and never will 
um, and that sense of, you know, a loss and um, and all that. Yeah. And they said that's why they made it illegal in Australia to be an anonymous donor and they went for this ID release. I knew the more information that I could give them, maybe the more complete they would feel, mm-hmm. the less curious they might feel about who they are. Yeah. You know, like I just thought if you can have a photo um, and you can have, some information mm-hmm. about how they grew up and what they're good at and you know you can kind of say oh look I like I can see I've got his hair or mm. um oh he did that uni course like I love doing that as well or mm. you know like just yeah. kind of being able to associate with them a bit more. yeah yeah um so yeah so I went for the information over the locality um and I know that Australian donors are great in that they can only donate to five families yes max. yeah um well see the American ones you end up you know with a lot half siblings um they're not capped in the same way yeah so tell me about that because um, I remember you telling me that you went to the states right to to visit some of the other families yeah so my brother's based in New York yeah um so it was kind of um it was just good timing in that you know I really wanted to go and see him Mm -hmm. and also um yeah, so, oh, well, I'll start with how we all even got in touch. Yeah. So Zytex has a website called uh, Zytex Connect um, where you can basically go in, put your donor number in, and if anyone else matches with you, um, it puts you together so you can have a conversation. Um, so my donor was new when I used him, so he had no pregnancies um, at all. And um, so I was the first. So I plugged in my donor number and there was no one. And I got no contact and anything. And I remember I was on the bus again um, one morning and I got an email saying, you have a connection on Zytex. And I was like, oh, like I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to feel about it. Like I felt really weird actually because I'm really close to my siblings and I know who they are. And (laughs) and I kind of thought, oh, man, I don't know if I'm ready for this. Like I don't know if I want to like go in and chat to them or. I don't know. And I kind of sat on it for a while and I did some reading about, you know, connections and and overwhelmingly everyone said, like, you know, donor kids that are grown up and everyone, you know, and what they said about it is that it was really important for them to know their half-siblings, almost more important than ever meeting the donor. They kind of just had this affinity with Mm -hmm. a sibling that was their peer that had gone through the same thing as them that they could chat to and see if they looked like them and all that. Right, Um, okay. So that kind of prompted me to think I've just got to get over it myself and do it for them and get on there and kind of see um, who it is. So I went on and we started chatting and suddenly there was like ping, 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 ping. There was like five in that week. There were just so many. I was like, man, he must have gone in and done another donation or something because there just seems to be a lot. Um, And so we kind of were trying to converse on this platform, which was pretty useless. So we decided to create a Facebook group so we could all be in there and kind of, you know, have photos of the kids, like make it private and just put photos of the kids and like chat more openly. Um, So we did that. um, And, yeah, every time we got pinged and someone was added to Zytex Connect, one of us would jump on and say, yeah, and say, hey, we've got a Facebook group, just come across to that. So they would kind of keep joining. <laughs> and um, and we were chatting there and we were all kind of like, hey, we really want to meet, like we should get the kids together. And they were all really lovely. Like, you know, there were no kind of dark horses in there where you thought, oh, man, they're a bit, you know. Um, 
Yeah, they were all really lovely and, and they were all American-based. There was one in Canada um, that everyone else was American. Um, oh, and there were three other Aussies, actually. Yeah, so we kind of said, oh, that would be awesome. And, of course, they were like, well, what about New York? Because it's easy for Canada and um, a lot were near there, um, like Boston and stuff like that. But one couple were in California, but they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll come. Um so, yeah, so it was perfect because obviously my brother lived there. So I was like, oh, cool. So I told them when I was coming and we arranged um, a get-together in Central Park on, yeah, the Sunday or something. And there were five of us. Um, a couple couldn't make it, unfortunately. There were supposed to be seven. Um, but, yeah, it was, so, it was so lovely. Like we met at Central Park Zoo. Um, and it's a bit, you know, nerve-wracking because obviously you you don't know the mums and you don't know the kids, but mm. immediately it was like everyone knew each other. Like it was just really comfortable. And Ivy, yeah, being the first was the oldest. Um, so she was four yeah. at the time. And there was one other little girl there, Chloe, and they just immediately loved each other. Connection. Um, so we've got the cutest photos of them just holding hands, walking around the zoo, like all day together. Um, and Chloe just like really loved her because Chloe was only two. So, you know, like older girls are always really like fascinating. Um, and yeah, there were three boys. Um, and it was just so like amazing to like compare and see if they looked alike. And I mean, they didn't like, they didn't massively, they all had quite similar eyes and eyebrows. Um, but other than that, they really look different. Like they all look like their mum. Yeah, how funny. So, yeah, his genes must not be that strong. <laughs> um, like they really did look more like the mums. And, and and there was a mix of um, same-sex couples and single mums. Um, oh, so yeah, it's, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Has and it grown since, since? Yeah, yeah, it has. Like, um, so how many kids now? I think there's about like a lot of families have had more than one. Um, so I think there's probably about 24 kids. 24 kids. Yeah. Yeah. Can you imagine her 21st birthday if she goes to New York? I know. Well, I said to her, like, you know, if you travel, like you'll have heaps of, you know, contacts and friends you can travel with and go stay with. Um, yeah, but there's, um, yeah, there's a, there's a few in Australia and I was in contact, like a couple of the girls in the States are trying for a second um, and haven't had much luck and have run out of um, the donor vials. Um, so they posted on our Facebook group kind of saying, has anyone got any left? Um, because you, he's retired as a donor. You can't get um, sperm anymore from right. that donor. Um, so I have one vial left um, and I held on to it because I couldn't let it go, you know, like, thinking oh like what if I want one more but I'm 41 this year so I'm kind of giving it up but um and I've I've got my hands full enough like my son's a complete nutbag um (laughs) so so yeah I was like no I'm ready to give it up so I posted like only a week and a half ago or something I posted on the wall saying um you know if anyone wants my vial let me know (laughs) And um, immediately two girls came back and saying, oh, we'd love it, we'd love it. Um, Yeah, so the one that got in first, um, she's California-based. I was kind of like, oh, you know, I I felt terrible for the other one. I messaged her saying, I feel so bad. Like, I really want to give it to you as well. And she was like, no, no, everything works out for a reason. Like, she was first, so that's fine. Like, go for it. Um, And, yeah, so I contacted my clinic here and said, is that even possible? Like, Mm. can I give my vial to someone in California yeah. and they said, um, 
well, you can if they have an existing, like a birth already from that donor because it's not a new family. Yeah. Um, and I was like, yeah, yeah, they do. Um, so, yeah, so the clinic's organising it. They're shipping it over and then oh, she'll get it. How fantastic yeah. is that? Yeah. You just had a hand she in really wanted... someone's um, family. Oh, that is such yeah, a Well, I hope. Story. I hope it works for her. But, yeah, yeah. So it was so cool because obviously, like, it's so nice to have siblings yeah. from the same donor. I mean, that was my, as soon as I got pregnant, you're allowed to stockpile vials from that donor. So I remember even when I was three months pregnant, I called the clinic and said, can I get three more vials? Because I knew that I wanted to have another one and I really wanted um, the same donor. Yeah, so of course. I, I got myself back up, which was good. Excellent. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is such a beautiful story. That family must, oh, my goodness. Uh, I'd be keen to have a follow-up and hear how um, how it went with oh, them and no. whether they had a, another family, I know. Uh, another kid. Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully it works. So does... Um, does you, so your daughter's seven now and you have a son who is one? One, yeah. yeah. One. So does your seven-year-old keep in touch with all the other kids or...? Oh, I mean, no. I mean, the mums keep in touch more. Like we, we did talk about because yeah. Chloe and Ivy really got on and her mum's lovely. Mm. Um, so we did a few times say, oh, we should get the girls to FaceTime or, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, the weeks went by and, you know, like we didn't, So, yeah. which is bad on our part. But it's so hard, you know, like kids are pretty, when they're that little, it's quite hard as well to really yeah. have, a, you know, a chat or a two-way conversation. Um, but I hope she will, you know, like we're planning to meet up again. We were planning to try this year, which obviously is completely now shot. Yeah. Um, so it will probably be a couple of years, but we were thinking like it would be great to do Hawaii or something like that where it's like really mm-hmm. kid-friendly nice. um, and we can actually yeah. all stay there for a period of time because we really only like got to hang out for the day um, before. So it would be nice to have more time and and cocktails. Yeah, oh, perfect. Hmm. And and how would you feel if at 18 your kids wanted to contact their donor? Um, oh, fine. Like I'd help them as much as, you know, I I would be completely open to it. It's completely their decision and they have every right to, to meet him. Um, I mean, uh, the only thing that, you know, kind of mm-hmm. worries me is if he wasn't receptive. You know, I'd hate for them to really be keen and because although their ID release and they can get his details from the clinic, there's still no guarantee that he'll in mm. any way be engaged or willing. Yes. You know, like they can know who he is yeah. and they can Facebook message him or, you know, find him and, mm. and say, hey, you know. Um, but, yeah, I don't know how he'll respond. Ivy was funny the other day. She was talking like she's kind of, you know, quite curious and she knows he's from Spain, so she's very into watching um, Spanish Spanish dance character on Netflix, yeah. And I cooked her frittata, um, yeah, frittata, yeah. Um, and I said, oh, it's Spanish, you know, it's very Spanish, this Ivy. And she goes, oh, that's why I love it. I think <gasps> I love it. Oh. because I'm Spanish. I was like, yeah, probably. Um, and um, How cute but, is that? Yeah, but she was saying the other day, like, Mum, you know how, like, I'm the oldest out of um, all my siblings she's like um when I contact um our donor I'll I'll basically have to say to him like look out you've got about 20 kids that are going to contact you in the next year <laughs> I mean, 
at seven. Oh, that's true. Wow. Yeah, I was like, you have to give give him a heads up. She's like, at least I'm in there. In there. Oh, wow. Well, I, I said to her, well, it'd be really interesting because if you, you know, you'll get his information, you will get his information mm. first. So if you do want, you know, if you want to find out about him, you can kind of say to the others like, oh, yeah, like yeah. he's nice or I've contacted him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, no, I'd be I'd be happy. for It will be really interesting actually with the two of them, whether by the time they get to 18, whether they're like, nah, it's okay, like, mm. you know. It's a bit like I don't know him and yeah. it's fine, like I don't need to meet him or whether they're really keen. Now, I'm sure that you've watched the ABC, uh, what do you call it, um, Insight? Oh, Insight? Yeah, Insight. I hated and that show. No, really, I loved it because I watched all the episodes around donor and donor kids um, and it was quite interesting actually because I noticed that kids who were told from a very young age they were actually um, fine. Yeah. They actually were comfortable in their own skin and they actually didn't really need to contact their donor. Whereas the adults who were told or who were or who found out uh, by mistake, it's actually they had the identity yeah. crisis and that's when they actually decided to seek out their donor because, you know, they wanted to find out who they were and yeah. um, they had a complete meltdown and it was actually really quite awful. Yeah. Yes, and it's interesting. There's a Facebook group. I think it's Donor Conceived by Egg egg Embryo Adoption or Sperm. It's something like that. Um, and it was – and it's it's basically kids from donors grown up. Um, and, my God, it's the most aggressive, hostile group I've ever oh, seen. Yeah, I, I, I was a part of it because I was just interested, like, to kind of be a voyeur and kind of just <gasps> have a look. And, yeah, any time these poor people, I remember this one girl came on and said, oh, hi, I'm thinking about, you know, using a donor um, just wanted to get some insight into, you know, how I should mm. navigate it and everything. And, my God, everyone jumped yeah. up. How could yeah. you be so selfish? You're basically giving, a, you know, you're giving a child half of what they need and you don't have a right to not give them a father. And it was really, like, full on. And this poor girl ended up saying, oh, you've changed my mind, like I just won't do it. Um, and, and it's all because, and the more I've read, I was like, wow, oh my God, what have I done? Like, this sounds awful. And the more I read, it was, it was exactly what you said. It was people that hadn't found out till they were an adult and like a parent was dying and confessed or, um, they found out through blood tests or they found out without, you know, meaning to find out. Um, and they were really, really upset and scarred by it. And then a few people would jump on every now and then saying, hey, hey, hold on, that's not fair. Like, I'm donor conceived and I'm absolutely fine. Like, I've known since I was born, basically. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it's I don't know why you're being so aggressive and I think you need to calm down. And So, yeah, there wasn't a good balance, though. It was mainly very angry, which I guess why you're on a forum like that, right? But, but, yeah. um, so there were more bad stories than good. But, yeah, no... Uh, I, I agree. I think from everything I read, they were they were kind of like be completely transparent, do it from the day dot, so they don't even. There's no big announcement, you know. Like some yes. some people yeah. I read on some of the forums say, oh, I wanted some advice. My child's now eight, and I it, I think they're old enough to understand. So I'm going to sit them down and tell them. And I thought, oh god, oh god, like, you're telling them at eight. Like that to me is quite late. Like I don't know. That's late, isn't it? Yeah, I and. 
And it was really good, actually. I think I talked to you about this. Like, it was really good from when she was even a baby. I would kind of, you know, if we were reading a book and there was a dad in it, I'd kind of say, you know, we don't have a dad in our family. Like, um, you know, someone helped me have you. And I kind of started talking to her before Mm. she could talk, like, kind of about her. And then as she talked more, she'd ask the odd question and I could answer it. But it was really good. When she started asking me questions, I really stumbled. Like I wasn't quite sure how to answer them and I'd kind of trip over my words and go, oh, mm. God, later that night I think that sounded weird, like that's not a good answer, and I'd kind of <laughs> rethink it and how I could say yeah. it so she understood. Or um, And so I kind of by the time she was two or three kind of perfected it, um, mm. like how I wanted to talk about it. And I remember a friend's little girl asked me on an air, on a plane once, we were all going to Noosa together, and she was three and Ivy was one. She asked me, why doesn't Ivy have a dad? And it really, like, caught me off guard because I thought, oh, God, I've, like, I've trained myself how to talk to Ivy about it, yeah. but I've never been asked, yeah. you know, like from a yeah. kid. Um, and and her mum got really like, oh, Rosie, don't, you know, don't ask that, don't ask that. Mm. And I was like, no, no, it's fine. She asked. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to work out, like, what I say. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so, but all that was good because then by the time, you know, Ivy kind of could remember um, and actually process it and, and ask me how, what to say to a friend or, although my cake analogy was crap, but, you know, mm. um, I, I kind of more equipped to know what to say. Like, mm. and a lot of her friends, like, you know, at the school gate and stuff during pick up kindy in year one, they run up to me and say, how come Ivy doesn't have a dad? Oh, why, why isn't Ivy's dad? Yeah. So they just asked me directly. Yeah. So yeah. I just say, and I just kind of say to them, oh, we, because I didn't, I didn't find someone that you know that I wanted to marry, like that I loved enough to mm. marry, or that I thought would be a really great dad. So yeah. you know, so yeah, kids are curious, huh? Yeah, they're very, they're very curious. You'll, you'll definitely, they'll, and that's the thing. Like people that want to keep it secret or don't want to talk about it, I'm thinking, oh man, you're in for, you're in for a hard ride because you're going to be asked from kids. So what advice would you give to someone thinking about using a donor as a solo parent? Um, It's hard because everyone's so different in terms of why they want to do it or, you know, I've got friends that do it out of uh, time, you know, like they feel like Mm. time's run out. They really want to still meet someone but um, they're 40 and they're kind of like, I have to, otherwise I'm not going to be a mum basically um Mm. or you know you have friends that like I was 32 when I got pregnant with my daughter that are a bit more like no I really want to do it and if I meet someone later then I then I will um but I guess I guess in terms of advice it would just be I guess like it's going to be okay and that you won't ever regret it um yeah you can navigate you know the questions and um you know talking to your child and dealing with all the, you know, the the rest that comes with that. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm always a big advocate for it just because I think, you know, having kids is just so, well, obviously life-changing and, like, mm. I think I just don't want them to regret not having them, I suppose. Um, yeah. And that's kind of my main question, I suppose, when friends are kind of talking to me and tossing it up. I just said I think you've just got to, um know whether when you're 60 are you going to regret mm. not doing it 
And I think, like, you know, you have to think ahead and think, is this going to be something that I'm going to be sad and I wish I'd done? And some kind of go, no, I don't think so. Like, you know, I just feel like it's something, you know, they're just tossing it around and kind of like, no, I think I'd be fine, like, if I didn't. Um, And some also, you know, prioritise, like another question I ask is, is your, if you had to choose, would you have a partner forever or a child? Like, you know, if it, if it came down to that choice, what would you choose? Yeah. And a lot would choose a partner. Um, but yeah. I was absolutely clear in, like, if I had to choose, I would choose a child for sure. Yeah. Um, so I think that helps as well. Like, it, yeah, but I don't know. I just think, um, yeah, it can be, it, it can be great. And, um, and having just, you know, a, a single parent can be, um, can be awesome too like there's such bad stats about single mums but it's often the mm. stats all collected from mums that have found themselves single you know haven't planned to be single yeah. um mm. like I think it, it's a whole well I know it's a whole different story when you've gone into it with somebody and um mm. and it's fallen apart versus making the decision yourself and kind of being empowered to do it as under your rules and you know plan for yeah. it basically yeah um, so yeah, I don't know if that yeah. answers the question, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think you're right. You know, you have to be really sure and mm. secure and trust yourself mm. because it's going to be you and your child. Yeah. And you know, they'll look to you for security, for validation, for yeah. encouragement, guidance. Yeah. No, definitely. And I think, you know, even if you're not, you know, I've seen on the forums a lot of women having a freak out moment you know, when they're pregnant thinking, oh, my God, I don't know if I've done the right thing. I'm freaking out now. Mm. Like, um, and I think all that's normal. You know, I don't think you should kind of panic and think, God, I've made the wrong decision. Like everyone else says you should be 100% or, you know, Shona said she was 100% Mm. and seemed way more, you know, (laughs) committed to it or, you know, decisive in it than I Mm. am. And therefore, does that mean I'm making the wrong decision? I think it's, very natural to feel I mean it's a huge mammoth move Mm. in life to do it um so of course that comes with a degree of uncertainty and questioning whether you're doing the right Mm. thing but um yeah I think if you if you answer you'll you'll regret it if you if you get older Mm. I remember I had a moment in in a a pub having a drink with a friend after work before I was pregnant or anything and she was older Mm. um and had been around her siblings. She was from a big family and had been around her siblings at Christmas and they all had kids. Um, And she was in her 50s. Um, And she said there was a moment at Christmas she looked around and saw their kids playing and opening their gifts and playing the piano and everything. She burst out crying. Mm. And all her siblings kind of came around to console her. And she said the worst thing was, like, nobody asked me what was wrong. They just all knew. Like, they knew it was just because I'd realised that, it wasn't going to happen. And I remember like walking out of the pub thinking, I'm never going to let that be me. You know, like, I just, I just don't want to have that moment when I'm like in my fifties and think, God, like I didn't do it. You know, I mean, I was pretty set on it then, but I just remember thinking that just really solidifies like my decision. (laughs) Yeah. So don't, don't be, don't be the person crying at Christmas. (laughs) it's 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 a hard one right and um that's one thing I don't want to do is to look back on my life and and think what if I don't ever want to 
not do something because of fear. Yeah. I don't want to have any regrets. Yeah. yeah. And, and once they're here, you just look at them and think, my God, like how could they not be here? You know, like they're so much a part of you. And, yeah, it even my son, you know, like that was a hard decision too. Like I feel wasn't a hard decision because I just, you know, knew I wanted a child. But having number two was kind of like, can I do it? Like can I I do the second as much as I desperately wanted to and Ivy just like literally every Christmas and birthday wish was to have a brother or a sister like she was yeah absolutely obsessed with it um and like I really really wanted to do it but I did I remember I did have a moment before I kind of went for it thinking oh are you sure like life with one is pretty good you know like you can be really independent ivy was always really easy like we could sit and uh, chat at a restaurant and a cafe and we could she'd love coming shopping and you know like she was kind of like a little buddy and i just thought god if i throw like and and i did think like i bet it's going to be a boy and i bet he's going to be really like before um and but yeah and that's what you got right yeah yeah and when they told me like i had the harmony test and they told me over the phone at work and i like oh my God, I had like a freak out moment. I was like, oh my God. Um, but now like, you know, I mean, he was desperately wanted as well, but in, now he's here. Mm. Um, yeah. Again, like I can't imagine our family. Without him. Without him, yeah. Right? Like it's so great. And yeah. like during this lockdown, particularly, um, it's been so lovely that they have each other, you know, like, and Ivy gives me, you know, respite during the day, and that she'll just play with him. Oh, and lovely, you know, amuse him for hours, and yeah. So it's, it, yeah, it's really sweet, like seeing them play together. And I've got the benefit of a big age gap, so she's like a little mum, like she can really look after Give him, him food, like, feed well, him, you know. entertain him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like sometimes she's even like got him up in the morning for You're me, kidding. um, and brought him down and giving him breakfast given him breakfast, like put him in his high chair, giving him breakfast, put a show on for oh him. Gosh. Um, yeah. And I've come down and gone, oh, thanks, darling. Like, she goes, that's okay. I'll make you a coffee. <gasps> she can make a coffee on the coffee <gasps> machine. <laughs> Who is yeah. she? I know. <laughs> Who needs a partner when you've got a seven-year-old? <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, she's awesome like that. Goodness, you lucked out there. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, no, she's she's great with him. So, um. It's it's been really good. Like wow. my little helper. So what would it be like if she if you met someone then? Oh, I think she'd be you no, know, she'd be she'd be more than happy. Like she desperately she wanted me to go on the bachelorette. Mum, you go on you should go on that that show. And I was like, I I think I'm a bit old to be the bachelorette. <laughs> I said, I'm very flattered, but I don't think it's gonna happen. Oh my gosh. Um but yeah, no, she she asks if, you know, do you and then you know she'll she'll say kind of like, Do you do you think I'll get married? And I said, Yeah, I'm sure you will. I'm sure like you'll find someone lovely and kind. And she goes, Yeah, but you didn't. Like, what if I you know, and I said, Yeah, but you know, I said, I had my own my own reasons that I didn't. I said, I reckon, I reckon you will. I reckon you'll you'll share it with someone. I mean, she's not bothered, you know, she kind of says, if I don't, I'm gonna use a donor. But I was like, well, you know, be, I kind of say it would be nice for you to share it with someone and have some help. And she goes, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Like if you had help, it be, she goes, it would I be good. I love your chats. Yeah, yeah. She goes, it would be good like when you go out like with your friends at night. Like it would be really good if like we just had a dad to stay with us. Like we need to have a babysitter. And, you know, I was like, yeah, well, sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
So she's got, she weighs it all up in her head. Good or yeah. The only reason, the only time she really wants to have a dad is if she sees a dad carrying, like swinging a kid around because you know they're strong. Mm. She goes, oh, I wish I had. And I go, is it? She said to me like one evening when we came back from a friend's house, I do, mum, I do actually wish I had a dad. And I go, is that because you saw him swinging, swinging Jack around? And she goes, mm. oh, I guess. I was like, okay. It looks like such fun. Yeah. Like all these poor women on like the forums go, oh my God, my heart broke. Like my kid said, oh, I wish I wish I had a dad today. And I'm like, and I always answer like, it's probably just something like they've seen a dad do something fun or buy a kid an ice cream. Like it's normally like yeah. as simple as that. Like, like you know. No it's, need to complicate it. Yeah, it's yeah. Just... It's, not, it's not as deep as you think. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. But no. So we're all oh. good. Shona, thank you so much for spending the time and sharing your story with me. I just love the way how you navigate your way through life with your kids. And it sounds like such fun at yours. Um, Yes. Yeah, I just hope this episode will help someone who is using a donor or who is thinking about using a donor. Perhaps they have kids already via donor um, because I know that it's helped me. Because all I know is that I just want my daughter to be happy, healthy, yes. confident in her skin and, you know, most of all, be proud of her story. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure this episode will help someone. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Thanks again. That's okay. It's good to chat to you. Yeah, and you too. Look after yourself and those kids and, um, yeah, keep safe. I will. I will. See you, mate.